Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. It's Kirby. Welcome to Los Angeles. Today, y'all, I am so excited because we have an amazing guest co-host. This woman, first of all, I told her this when I she popped up on Zoom, but truly one of the most stunning human beings I've ever seen in my life. It's Emma Guns. Emma, welcome to Los Angeles. Oh my goodness, Kirby, I am beside myself with excitement and that is the nicest introduction I have ever received ever in the history of ever. Thank you. Well, okay, listen, I don't want to just say that you're beautiful and that's it. Y'all, Emma is a beauty, health, and lifestyle writer. She is a presenter and brand consultant. She is the host of The Emma Gunn Show, featuring interviews with celebrities, brand creators, editors, and authors. So if you guys like our podcast, you're going to love Emma's podcast. Um, she's one of the OG beauty podcasts. Podcasts, really. She launched in April of 2016. That was before... Little Los Angeles was even a thought in anybody's head. She was a beauty editor at OK Magazine for 10 years, during which time she interviewed industry experts, fashion designers, and celebrities. And since becoming a freelance writer in 2012, freelance life, whoop whoop, she has written for Red, Stylist, Sunday Time Style, Women's Health, Zest, Easy Living, The Telegraph, Get the Gloss, among many others. Emma writes in-depth features, first-person columns, as well as beauty, health, and fitness pieces. She also has an established consultancy business. I feel like I'm reading my resume. Literally, like I feel like we're the same person just living separate lives. She is on the podcast today to share her knowledge, um, to give you guys a different perspective, you know, Obviously, Los Angeles, based in LA, very American. We talk about what's happening in the United States. She's going to dive into a little bit more about what's happening on her side of the pond. Emma, I'm so thrilled that you're here. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Kirby, honestly, I'm so excited. Los Angeles is so amazing and i have so much time for what you guys do on this show and you're absolutely right we are we are essentially twins we have very there's a lot of symmetry isn't there in our careers yes and i love that i can't wait to dive into the conversation today before we get into beauty news and what's on your face i would love to just do a quick little get to know emma interview if you don't mind and I'm going to let you talk as long as you want because I know that our listeners are obsessed with your accent before this even goes live. I know that they're just going to want you to keep talking. You should do ASMR. Like your voice is so – like I, I need to like take it down. I feel like I'm at a 10 and you're just like so calm, like so – it's like cathartic <laughs> listening to you talk. <laughs> That's such a lovely observation because I um, I don't feel like a particularly calm person so when I get emails from people saying, and when I, not long after I started the podcast, I started getting a lot of emails from people saying, I go to sleep to your podcast. And it was like, I'm not sure how to take that, <laughs> but I'll take what I can get. But um, it, it is something people say, I do have a very soothing voice, which is lovely to hear other people say it really, really is. Um, but yeah, I don't always feel that calm. I know that you've done like presenting and stuff like that. Have you ever been tapped to read a an audiobook or anything? I feel like people should start tapping you to do that. I would love to do that. And I also interviewed really early days on the podcast. I interviewed Michael Acton Smith from Calm. <gasps> yeah. And all the way through the interview, I was like, so do you think meditation is um, <laughs> really good for people? Because I was just like, how do I seduce him into putting me as one of the calm storytellers? We're going to make that happen. Let's just put that into the world. Let's secret that shit. It's going to happen. Emma on the call map. Yeah. All right, um, Emma, as an expert in the industry and as a, cons a consultant for brands, I'm just curious, what mistakes do you think that beauty brands specifically are making um, when it comes to trying to like promote a product or a new launch, really anything? I think this is such a good question. And when, when I think about this, when I do think about mistakes, I think 
it's it's uh, scaremongering. It's it's making people scared of ingredients or certain types of products by telling them something and there might be a kernel of truth in it but it's not the full story and then it's very easy for somebody to build in their head that they're scared of a certain ingredient or they're scared of a certain brand or they don't like a certain thing but it's a very small part of the story and actually I think what's great about a lot of the people that you and I know in the industry is a lot of people are out there trying to tell the whole story so that everyone is armed with the facts. But I would definitely say the thing that I see brands doing and it makes me angry when I see it on social is don't scare people. Please don't scare people. Please don't please, like moisturizer, beauty products, makeup. These are nice things in which we can pamper ourselves. It's a part of our self-care. Please don't make it a scary terrain it shouldn't be it's already so confusing for people i feel truly lucky i say this a lot on the podcast being in the beauty industry because i feel like i can easily sift through what is necessary what is not what is a marketing tactic what is not and when you have so many products to choose from so many brands to choose from do I use an essence? Do I use a chemical sunscreen? You know, is this going to make me break out? On top of that, saying that certain ingredients are, you know, toxic. Sarah and I recently declared we're not going to be using the word toxic or non-toxic on the podcast anymore. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. And I think like, especially in the United States, there is this like big clean beauty movement, which I kind of want to touch on in a couple questions from now. But I think you kind of, you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, and it's, it's, it's very reassuring to hear that you feel the same way as well. Is there an ingredient that you feel like people are starting to become scared of because of the marketing around it, but like you shouldn't really be that terrified of? I do think it's just the clean umbrella. And I think things like uh, parabens, for example, parabens are a preservative. You have, we have preservatives in our food, Like we know why we have preservatives. It's to keep things on the shelf longer so that we don't waste. And they're not necessarily harmful. And then there are just, there are some reports from the eighties that are quoted now today. And it's amazing how long it takes for information to A, sift through, but B, like really old information can stay around for a really long time. And people will quote the same old study that scared people because of a headline before clickbait, but it would have been the equivalent of a clickbait headline. And it still, it still swells up every now and again. And now when I see it on social media or I see it on, um, when I open my phone, I just think, oh, really, really, really? It just, it, it shouldn't be scary to hydrate your skin, fight the signs of aging and have a nice bath and put makeup on. Like there shouldn't be a, <laughs> should there? It's kind of crazy, right? Exactly, amen. So then what do you think, on the opposite end, like as consumers, as listeners of this podcast, like what mistakes do you think that we're making when it comes to our purchasing habits or, you know, when we make our own beauty decisions and like, what's a, what's a solve? Well, I suppose if you're coming right off the back of my original answer, it would be that the consumer needs to take some sort of ownership about interrogating the information that they are seeing. But again, if we're, seeing beauty products as self-care as a fun thing then thinking oh i've seen that nice ad campaign for that moisturizer that really appeals to me let me just go and see if there's a clinical study that confirms what it's telling me so it's it's difficult but i do think one of the things is it's finding people that you trust in the industry who are qualified so if you love beauty and you are somebody who is always looking for the new and the latest thing and you're on social media, follow a consultant dermatologist too. Follow someone like Lab Muffin. Follow people who actually aren't getting paid to put their information and their expertise out there. So they're not, there's no conflict of interest. But just follow a couple of people who will have excellent resources where you can actually interrogate some of these facts that you might be seeing and just getting a different perspective that doesn't come from a brand. I think that's probably the best way. I try to tell people to make sure that they're informed. And there are also some great skincare people out there. I'm very lucky in that loads of my friends have been in the beauty industry for a really long time. So this year alone, Caroline Hirons, who's one of my good friends, Inga Van Lontringham, who's one of my good friends, who was the beauty director at Cosmopolitan for years, and Alice Hart Davis, who's a really good friend of mine. They've all come out with skincare books and they all have differing 
things that they would use themselves as consumers, but they have really good information that is grounded in one of my favorite things, fact. Facts. Yes, we need more facts in 2020. I downloaded Caroline's book on Audible and started listening to it. I'm so glad that she's reading it herself. Not like I thought anybody else would be reading it, but I was kind of like surprised. I'm like, oh, it's Caroline, you know, it made me excited. Um, and I'm only one chapter in and it's already, if you guys are confused about skincare, you feel like you really just don't understand like what a good routine, you know, qualifies as, you feel like you have something that's missing or you feel like you maybe have too much, listen or read. <laughs> Reading is great. Mm -hmm. Caroline's book, it's just called Skincare and it's absolutely fabulous. You have to, I just have to give you a top tip if yeah. you're listening to it on Audible because she very kindly sent me the book. Yes. And when my friends make things, I um, buy them. Yes. And so I bought the book on Audible and I haven't seen Caroline for six months, but I speak to her probably five times a week, most days. So I sent her a message yesterday saying, I've just downloaded it because I miss you. And she said, go straight to the end credits. And there is a full like three minutes of her screwing up. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing you will hear today. I, I, that is so funny because when I posted about it on um, my Instagram, she DM'd me and was like, thanks so much for the shout out, but seriously, go to the end and listen immediately. <laughs> so I was like, this is like classic Caroline. I love that they kept those in. <laughs> um, but what I'm taking from your response to that question is don't take everything at face value. And that is both sides, you know, of the scales. If somebody says that this product is clean, don't take that at face value. Look into it. What does clean mean to this brand? Is is clean like that it just doesn't have parabens? Is it clean because it's made without fragrance? Like, what does clean mean? Um, and, you know, if they say fragrance free, does that mean free of synthetic fragrance or essential oils. Um, and then, you know, if, so, if something claims it's going to get rid of cellulite, is there a clinical stuff? Uh, I know, I'm rolling my eyes too. I, I only bring this up because Lab Muffin, Michelle, posted yesterday or maybe two or three days ago about how many bags of coffee grounds you would need to actually get rid of cellulite. In some of these products that claim like, oh, we have these natural coffee grounds and and they will exfoliate away your cellulite and help with firmness. And the amount of coffee you would actually need to see literally any result, and that's like a maybe, it's not even like a guaranteed thing. You would go broke, like nobody could buy that much. But that's another thing. And this is something that I've had a real bee in my bonnet about because of how it translates to hair loss products. So I have had, I have alopecia. I have a progressive androgenic alopecia. My scalp is colored in with color wow today. So Kirby, you cannot see, but I, I ha, it's a progressive hair loss condition. And if you go to, in the same way with the coffee scrubs, what that does is the scrub and the coffee make your butt, if that's the area that you're concentrating on, obviously I'm talking about me here, but when you use it and after you use it for a little bit of time, it tingles, you get the sensation that something's happening. So your brain or you think, oh, well, that must be reducing my cellulite. And it's like a lot of these hair loss shampoos, which actually are probably packed with proteins that will support your hair health and may have clarifying ingredients in to clarify your scalp. But what they put in them is something like a peppermint or something that will make your scalp tingle so that you think, oh, Tingle means growth when it doesn't. And I, so I have a real issue with some of those. And it's really good that someone like Michelle is out there posting in the way that she is to make you just think, huh, okay. So just because it feels like it's doing something doesn't mean it actually is. I love that you brought up alopecia because when I was doing research for this episode before you came on, did you know that when you Google your name, one of the first thing that comes up is Emma Gunn's hair loss? Oh, no, I didn't. Hair loss is such a personal thing that I didn't want to bring it up because the last thing I'd want to do is, you know, make things uncomfortable for you. But like, are you okay talking a little bit about that? Oh, my goodness. Um, One thing I just am incapable of being is dishonest. So, I mean, the podcast is like my alopecia, my breast reduction, my, my depression, my anxiety. So, yeah, whatever you want to ask about the hair loss, let's go for it. So when did you realize that you were dealing with hair loss? We get a lot of questions, especially from women who are postpartum at talking about hair loss and 
you know, are there any products that I should be using to help my hair grow back? I personally have not dealt with this. I, I would love to know like when you kind of pinpointed it and realized that this was something that you wanted to kind of figure out. Uh, I probably um, realized it in my early teens. I had, I was diagnosed in my late teens with polycystic ovarian syndrome mm. and I had it quite severely. So, uh, and this plays into why it's relevant. So I, I started showing signs of PCOS at about the age of 11 or 12. And it wasn't until I was 17 that I actually went to a doctor who took it seriously. And the things that I was dealing with by that point were not only the hair loss, but I was very hirsute on my face and body. So I used to go and have my face waxed every three weeks. And then I moved on to electrolysis. Mm -hmm. I also had really bad acne. Bearing in mind, I had bad acne and would get my face waxed. So let's just think about that. Yep. And I was very overweight. So on the scale of all the things that were to deal with, actually the hair loss was kind of at the bottom of the pile of things that really upset me. First, it was kind of like facial hair and weight. Yeah. And to be honest, it was only, I kind of just, just lived with it. Just was like, well, whatever. And I just learned to part my hair a certain way. And I would use a lot of products and my hair didn't really move. Not like glued, but I didn't, a gust of wind because my alopecia is here and listeners for your benefit, I'm kind of just at the top of the crown and I'm drawing a triangle towards my ears. That's where my for Kirby's benefit as well. That's where my hair loss is. And so if that, because that was so fine, okay. if I did a parting and then the wind blew it and I got a center parting, then you could really see the difference. So I was always quite funny about my hair and was always like doing funny <laughs> head movements to kind of get my parting to stay. But I just kind of, and I would go to the hairdressers and I would say, I'd like this kind of hair. And they'd be like, mm, bouncy blowout. You know, there was never any kind of scope for doing anything particularly experimental. It was only a few years ago when um, I just, it just started to bug me. And I just know, I think I must've noticed it was getting worse and androgenic alopecia is a progressive hair loss condition. So it would make sense that in my late thirties, it was beginning to get worse. I ended up trying some of the topical shampoos like Nioxin and then Aveda also have a range called Invati. And I did see a definite improvement in the health of my hair that was coming out of my head. I just wasn't seeing any more, but then I discovered ColorWow, started coloring in my scalp. And then it was actually only at the beginning of lockdown. I thought trichologists were expensive and I didn't want to get onto, I didn't want to start something I couldn't finish. And I'm sure like, you know what it's like in journalism, kind of shandy pocket, champagne lifestyle shandy pockets. And so you can go and have a really expensive facial with somebody as a press appointment, but you couldn't then afford the follow-up kind of deal. That's where kind of my career had been a lot. So I was always very nervous about getting involved in something I then couldn't keep up. And then Annabelle Kingsley from Philip Kingsley invited me to have a video consultation and it was a game changer. So that was in May. I've been following that protocol. I've since been into the clinic when lockdown restrictions were lifted. And I'm now on a low level minoxidil and I have seen a real difference. Wow. And that you said Philip Kingsley? Yeah. So Philip Kingsley is like the name in trichology. I mean, as far as I'm aware globally, but especially in the UK, when I first started talking about this on my IGTVs, I would start, I started getting messages from people saying, I met Philip Kingsley years ago. He was such a nice man. And they are really a center of excellence when it comes to treating hair loss. And the thing that's really nice about them, Kirby, is they're really compassionate. They are, they get that it's not just about your follicles. They get that it's about your heart and your soul and how you feel about yourself. And that's what's so lovely when you walk through the door. That's incredible. I'm so happy for you. I'm glad that that ended up working out. And thank you for sharing. I think you just sharing, we could have a whole episode about this, <laughs> you with you and I, but I think even just sharing you know, that portion of it is going to help so many listeners that are struggling with hair loss or have dealt with hair loss or even have PCOS. We haven't covered that on the podcast yet, but I know that affects so many women. And when somebody finally diagnoses you and tells you what it is, it's life-changing because you're like, why do I have all of this hair on my face? Why am I gaining weight? And I feel like I'm doing everything that I have done before, but I just can't, I can't get it together. Or what's going on with my hair? Why am I irritable? So many different things. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're very welcome. I know that it's something that causes such a huge amount of emotional distress. So if anyone is listening to this, then there, there are options available basically. Awesome. Okay. So I'm, I'm just, this is kind of a fun question. <laughs> are there any 
are there any trends or any products that you see and you're like, oh, that's so American? I always am curious of how people that are not American see us over here. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is so fascinating because I am a proper... A, a, a proper American fan, an American file, whatever you want to say. I like, I remember seeing Greece as a kid and hearing them talk about a Twinkie and kind of understanding that it was a cake. And then when I first went to America, just like going to a Walmart, like, where are the Twinkies? I need to experience a Twinkie. <laughs> so I, all of the American culture, because of our TV in the UK, so much of it was American. Like my after school was sister, sister, my so-called life, which I was obsessed with. Yes. Degrassi Jr. I know that's Canadian, but all of the American TV shows. So I feel like that was something I was always really drawn to. So when it comes to American trends, I'm thinking about the time when my parents went to America on a work trip together. And they said, is there anything you want us to bring back? And I was like, Maybelline Great Lash. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that you said this because Maybelline Great Lash is just one of those. It was the first mascara I had ever seen in my life. My mom had it, you know, pink yep. tube, green top. And I, I remember thinking like that was the only mascara that existed. It was just like a simpler time where there weren't that many brands. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh yeah, this is just like the brand that makes mascara. Like there's no other option. And there are so many things. And I do think... Like, so I really embrace anything. And I would say that a lot of the trends do come out of America, but I do think social media means that everything is quite universal now. It just picks up a lot faster. But I was thinking, God, like drag makeup. I guess that kind of like the visibility on that probably came out of America. There's so much incredible, so many incredible trends that come out of the States. And I think from a really young age, I was just queued up to just love all of them. I love it. Let's talk about uh, like differentiating factors between UK standards and regulations versus the US. You told me something that I actually didn't realize about one of my favorite products and why they reformulated and also why they came out with a different option. So initially I wanted to ask like, is clean beauty as big of a craze over there as it is here? I would think no, because you guys have more ingredients that are banned from being used. So there's never been like a, well, why do we have all of these ingredients in our products and then they don't have as many? Like, I feel like that's kind of where clean beauty started here in the United States. Like, you know, if the EU has banned 1100 ingredients or how many ingredients is it? It's 1300 chemicals. Chemicals, there we go. 1300 chemicals, over here there's 11 for the most part. And I know that there, the state of California is actually working um, to ban more. I think they just, they did just pass a bill where 24 different chemicals will be banned um, starting in 2025. But I'm curious, like what's, what's clean beauty over there? <laughs> I mean, maybe my personal thing is that I, I kind of, when I see clean beauty, I do look the other way a little bit because normally what I am going to consume or absorb from the thing that is telling me clean beauty is probably inaccurate and it's going to make me mad so I walk away um and I don't know many people I have a lot of friends in the beauty industry I also have a lot of friends who aren't and maybe I have to shut them down when they said should I be worried about these things I'm like for goodness sake no <laughs> and then I make them watch something that Caroline Hirons has said I'm not sure so no I don't feel it I feel like the place where you see clean beauty in the UK is actually in prestige retailers Mm. Because the clean beauty movement tends to be something, as far as I'm aware, that is the remit of expensive uh, brands that, you know, the you might associate with yoga leggings and <laughs> a certain type of lifestyle. Okay. So it does seem to be something that you will see on the more premium retailer shop floor or on the premium retailer e-commerce site. Interesting. So then there is a cult product that a lot of people love, I love it personally, that was reformulated. Can you can you dive into that? Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, Sunday Riley came on the podcast and she was in London and we were having a chat. And one of the reasons that she was in London was because Good Jeans was being reformulated. Now I had never used Good Jeans before. I also just wanna say about this story, I was interviewing her at the in one of the apartments of a very big hotel in London and Lady Gaga was there as well. And so trying, so it was just this amazing, I think it was the night of the um, A Star Is Born premiere. 
So I have this really vivid memory of just like me and Sunday having this chat and then just like all this paparazzi outside because of Lady Gaga. But anyway, <laughs> that's not the interesting thing here. The interesting thing here is that uh, Good Genes is being reformulated. And my understanding, and I will double check my facts, but my understanding is that one of the reasons that it was being reformulated for the UK market is because I think the original formulation was too strong for the regulation. So it had to be reformulated and they decided to reformulate with glycolic. I have since used it. My skin loves glycolic, so I love it. But I have so many friends who were longtime users of good genes who are like, man, you've got all right genes. Good genes was the stuff with the lactic acid in. So interesting. And this kind of feeds into your point. One of the things I've always loved about trips to America when I used to do fashion week and trips to, for beauty trips, what, what have you, was it was like getting, it was like the playground was opened. It was like, you know, the, the lock that, that you couldn't normally, the door you couldn't normally get behind. So the first the place I would go when I would land in America, and you know what I'm going to say, Dwayne Reed, CVS, I'd get the sleeping tablets. <laughs> I would get the things that you could, like, your painkillers are higher strength, all of those sorts of things. And I would also get the beauty stuff that was stronger. For example, teeth whitening strips. Oh, yeah. Because teeth whitening strips in the US, uh, you can't get them over here with the same level of whitening in it because they, they just don't pass. So the amount of times when I was on a magazine, when I say I'm on a trip with so-and-so to the US next week, and I would come back with a ton of teeth whitening strips for my colleagues oh my gosh wait i i love this i love this so much because it's things like we take for granted over here you know what i mean like when you're talking about like going to get like melatonin or something we we totally take that for granted um the teeth y'all go pick up your teeth whitening strips and and be grateful for them because people are hoarding them and taking them overseas so with sunday riley I'm a big fan of her. I think she's incredibly knowledgeable. And she just, she's one of those people that is so intelligent. It's second nature for her. Like I, when I have interviewed her, she's not sitting there like waiting to come up with a response. Like it's just like, it just spews out of her. She's like a lot of women in the beauty industry who've started really successful brands as she has. She's a real businesswoman and she is whip smart. But one of my, do you want to know what my favorite thing about Sunday is? No. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. I was like, I thought you asked, do I know? I was like, no, tell me. <laughs> my favorite thing about Sunday is that she loves the Real Housewives. <laughs> <gasps> See, one of our own. She's one of our own, Emma. She's one of us. She's, when we have her on the podcast, we're definitely going to have to bring, do, do you know uh, if she has has a favorite franchise? Well, I know that I haven't texted her in a while, but I think the last time I texted her was something to do with Ramona. Cause I was like, did you see what Ramona did? Ramona, turtle time. Oh my Lord. Okay, well, that's such a great, that was such a great story. What are your tried and true beauty products? You know, this is such a good question. And okay, I have to turn this back on you a bit. Do you find it really hard when someone asks you that? Because every time I think- Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say SkinCeuticals then I feel bad because I'm not talking about Murad or Medicaid or I'm like, oh, but there, there, was, there are so many. And I think this is what's so divine and wonderful about where the beauty industry is right now. We talk a lot about the democratization of beauty with single ingredient skincare recently, which has not only allowed us to understand what was in our products and really understand our skin and how they respond to product more, but because of the things that like The Ordinary did with opening up the price, we can also get really, really good skincare, really good topical skincare at good prices. So I think the fact that you can actually draw on, like I could probably think of about 25 brands right off the top of my head and feel comfortable about saying all of them. And I think that's wonderful. We're, we've, we've left that era of, you know, the protocol that you'd get from the one brand. I use the cleanser, the toner, the moisturizer, the serum, the da, 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 from one brand. We've left that and that was wonderful. But oh, the ownership and the authority and the agency we have now to be able to really do incredible things to our skin, even, even things like, I know you're friends with Renee. I just had Renee Rouleau on the podcast. And the fact that she has products that are brilliant for certain times of the month, there are going to be three days when you need that blemish, that unicorn, you need that blemish lotion. And there'll be other times in the month when you'll need this. And the fact that we can recognize what's going on with our skin now is just wonderful. And this is all the education. This is what we were talking about earlier about following the right people, follow a couple of consultant dermatologists, follow a couple of scientists and some really good skincare bloggers and interrogate your products a bit more. And you can really do incredible things with your skin. Okay, so I wanna make this easy then. Let's do skincare, makeup, and hair care. Mm -hmm. One brand, 
that you consistently purchase from or consistently rotate back into your routine? Oh, okay. <laughs> Easy is a relative term. <laughs> okay, for skincare, and I'm torn with this one because it's an expensive brand. It's it's a considered purchase, as we say in shopping TV. I will say SkinCeuticals because you get what you pay for. I do think that they are really efficient products. For makeup, please don't make me choose. <laughs> um, and perhaps we'll come on a little bit later in the conversation about my uh, love of playing. But um, I don't think there's really, I don't think there's really bad makeup. Like most things I get sent, it's very rare that I go, ooh, no, and just immediately disregard it. Okay, then hair. Well, because of my alopecia, I'm gonna say Philip Kingsley, but I'm gonna, okay, so let's broaden it out. So hair, in terms of topical, shampoo, styling products, etc. Philip Kingsley, because I'm also on their hair loss protocol. But in terms of hair tools, let's talk mm. about the T3, which yes. I think is amazing. That three barrel wand is one I use all the time. The Babyliss Deep Waves is incredible. And affordable. What is it about Babyliss that they're like, a third to half the price of everything else, but they're really good. Yeah, I don't. I had a Babyliss curling iron for literally years. Like it, I refused to get rid of it. It started like creaking. It like, it basically had to die <laughs> before I would give it up. And it was decrepit. Like it, I should have gotten rid of it like way before, but it works really well. And they're so affordable here in America. You can get them at Ulta. They're just as good as the higher price brands. Yep. I'm with you. And then the other thing I started using recently was the GHD Rise, the, the hot styling brush. There's definitely a knack and I do not have that knack yet, but I'm determined to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried that. So you're introducing me to like a new product I need to test out. And the Dyson Supersonic Hairdryer I think is amazing. Uh, we're big Dyson fans here. I'm a, I did my hair with the air wrap this morning and it's just like a blowout in a box. It's incredible. I did, I was thinking, is Kirby had a blowout? Oh, thank you. No, I haven't, <laughs> just my Dyson. I actually wanna dive into beauty news now. Go for it. Because we've had such a great chat, but let's get into some headlines. This is an interesting launch and I would love your opinions on this, Emma. So Jason Wu, fashion designer, is launching a makeup collection in January, 2021 at Target. So the details are that he is launching with Bespoke Beauty Brands and Bespoke Beauty Brands is a incubator that was founded by Nick's founder, Tony Ko. Tony Ko is like a revolutionary in the cosmetics world, y'all. If you're not familiar with her, look her up. She started Nyx. Um, she sold her company to L'Oreal in 2014 and she left L'Oreal. I, I can't remember if she left in 2014 or she stayed a little bit longer and then left, but she ended up starting this beauty incubator and is partnering with Jason on this. As I said, it launches January 17th, exactly, 2021. The products are $10 to $25. And there are a few products that I wanted to call out based on the report. There's something called Brows Before Boys, it's an eyebrow and hairline powder, Jason the Freckled Boy Freckle Pen, and Goodnight Mr. Wu Lip Mask. Hearing these products, I'm excited. This makes me excited for Jason Wu. Listen, I am not a big fashionista. I, I love a sweatshirt and jeans. I wouldn't call myself fashion forward in the slightest. I actually like reached out to my friend Lauren to be like, can you give me a uniform that I can wear every day and look stylish, but like comfortable? Cause I don't know how to do this myself. So. Oh, but of course I know Jason, he has dressed some iconic women, you know, including Meghan Markle. The fact that he's coming out with a beauty line is interesting to me. I also think it's interesting that as a fashion designer, instead of going prestige, he is going mass and launching at Target because so many of the designers are, you know, these prestige brands like Dior and and Chanel and um, you know Byredo and Hermes like things like that so Emma what are your thoughts when you hear that Jason Wu was launching I just think it's always amazing when a name that you think or a brand that you associate with being completely out of your affordability suddenly appears within it and it just brings me back to like when before I got into the industry and so as a consumer would get excited about things and like Juicy Couture did a fragrance or, you know, these brands would do these things that you could afford and it would be so 
flipping exciting like remember all the diffusion lines that there used to be yeah where things would be more affordable so i think it's really good but i like from the products that you've talked about i really like the idea of the brow and hairline pen obviously that sounds really interesting and so it doesn't sound like it's particularly safe because a freckle pen wouldn't be if i was doing consultancy and a brand said to me okay we're doing a line on the high street i would i would say go with go with what you know, go with safe, go with what you know sells. Freckle pens are still, they kind of, they appeared a few years ago, they disappeared, they're back again a little bit now. I'm really intrigued that that's the direction they're taking it. I'm intrigued and I, I like it. I, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Because as somebody that's constantly seeing new launches come out, it's like, okay, so what's differentiating your products? Is it the formula? Does the packaging look interesting? Instead, you know, he has these are like pencils or pens that he's going to make that are like you know multi-use so like for eye cheek lips stuff like that as well so he does have some of the baseline stuff but then you know this good night mr lu uh mr woo lip mask that feels like it's taking a trend of like those overnight sleeping masks from korea for your lips which i'm all about i love those i, I listen it's like glorified lip balm but i still love them and I, I i wear one the freckle pen like you said not safe at all but definitely like a trend and i think a specific look and i think the reason why i really like that he has a, a freckle pen is because this is i this is giving his brand an identity. Like, what does your brand look like? Like, what kind of makeup does your brand do? Oh, you can add freckles to this makeup look. Okay, so this isn't just like a generic basic makeup look. This is like, let's experiment, let's have fun. I love, love, love that this eyebrow powder is a hairline powder too. Because they didn't have to say brow and hairline. They could have just said brow powder. And you're like, all right, cool. But then you're taking something that most people would just say, okay, single use and you multiply it and you give more people options and you cater to people who are like, oh, actually I do use, I use hairline powder and now I can go pick one up at Target and use it on my brows too. Great. I'm really excited about this. Initially when I saw the tweet that he was doing this, I was like, oh great, like another fashion brand. And then I was like, oh wait, Target? Okay, so it's going to be affordable. And then when I finally dug in and I saw the products that they're launching, I'm really excited for this. And I can't wait to see what the components look like and what the you know logo looks like. So very excited for that. And that's what's exciting, right? The fact that you actually probably couldn't predict what it's going to look mm -hmm. like. Yep. And that's what makes it even more exciting. It's like, well, this is an unexpected collaboration and I have no idea... When I get that press release, I have no idea what those products are going to look like when I open up the images. That's exciting. Totally. That's very, very true. All right. We have another beauty brand launch and color me shook because I just, I am shocked that this is happening. Maybe I shouldn't be shocked, but Bobby Brown, the Bobby Brown has launched a new makeup line and I, I know, I made the same face when I saw this this morning. So our friends over at Breaking Beauty, hi, Jill and Carleen. Hi, Jill and Carleen, sending pod love. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually posted on Instagram, and this is how I found out. They said, Bobby Brown's back, and she has a new beauty line, and it's called Jones Road. It is a direct-to-consumer line, so they're in no retailers. It's U.S. only for right now, and it's self-funded. So... When I was reading, I think it's like a Wall Street Journal article about Bobby Brown and this launch. I think they launched with like $2 million, which for, for someone like me, I'm like, $2 million? But that's like a drop in the bucket for beauty brands. So apparently they, it, it, that's actually not a lot of money to launch a brand um, at this level. And I was like, I thought Bobby Brown just wanted to get out of the makeup game. Like, I thought that when she left Estee Lauder companies, because for those of you that don't know, if you don't know who Bobby Brown is, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like, you must not have been born, like, <laughs> when makeup started <laughs> being advertised. That was one of the first brands that I bought when I got, like, my first proper job after university. I was like, yes, please take my money and I will take that shimmery pink eyeshadow. Thank you. Like, the brick the gel i use the gel liner to this day i use it whenever i'm doing my eyeliner but she sold her company in 1995 to estee lauder companies she stayed on with the brand um until 2016 and then she left and i remember when she left i was like this woman must just want to get out of the cosmetics game like she must be done like to give up your name and be like 
deuces, I'm out of here. I feel like something had to have happened where she's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And then she kind of went more lifestyle. Like she launched a supplement. She, you know, launched a website that seemed to be really more focused on like health and wellness, which was fine. But like, you know, Bobby Brown for makeup, like that's, that's what you know her for. So for me, I feel extremely naive because of course she left and wanted to start her own brand, but she had a non-compete. So from 2016, her non-compete is over now, 2020, and she launched Jones Road. I am going to pull up some of the products. I didn't get a press release or anything about this, Emma. So yeah, it's, it's so brand new. It's very brand new. Like all of the articles that I'm reading were posted like three hours ago. It appears to have some basics, but when I went to their Instagram, I, th I thought the tagline was really interesting. It was every product's a hero product. I, I was like, are you talking to me directly? Because a lot of times when a brand launches, I think, okay, but like, what's the standout? Like, what's the stunner? Like, give me, yes, you have like all of these things, but like, what's the one product I have? And she she's kind of saying, literally all of it. So it says that the price point ranges from $22 for a lip gloss to $38 for a miracle balm. But in this news release, it says that that's the hero product. Interesting. I'm curious, what do you think about this, Emma? Well, I feel like someone like Bobby, and I don't know Bobby, so I'm sort of, I'm really speculating, but I feel like, to me, she's iconic. So I can remember watching MTV back in the day and like she was the person who was backstage with the supermodels. And I remember buy, really wanting to buy from her brand because she named lipsticks after people like Demi Moore and all her famous mates. So she's been embedded in this world for such a long time. And she's not just a part of it. Like she's a, she's a really important part of the fabric of this entire industry. But it also makes sense that when you sell your company and your name, even though she worked with Estee Lauder companies, it would make sense. I could completely understand that it's a completely different beast. And maybe she just wanted the autonomy to come up with an idea and just brainstorm it herself and make it happen. And when you're in a big business, maybe maybe you can't, you know, it's always very much let's do what people are expecting or let's do what the trends want. And maybe she just thought, I want to go back to how I did things originally yeah, and just make things because I know people need and want them. Totally. So it, I, I totally agree. I feel naive as well. Cause I was like, Oh, I thought she was going into wellness. I thought she was going to open a spa, but clearly maybe she just felt creatively. There was something else that she wanted to do. I sent you um, a link to the Jones road website because I didn't put it in the doc and I'm taking a look at this miracle bomb. It says it's an all I'm sorry, but I'm already in love with the swatches. <laughs> The swatches are gorgeous. So it says it's all in the name. Miracle Balm is the secret of no makeup makeup. Bobby Brown is known for no makeup makeup. I mean, when she first got on the scene and started working with a supermodel, started working with Vogue, she was actually the person that kind of trademarked the no makeup, the very glowy, golden, natural looking makeup, um, which was a departure from like the really like contoured, bright looking 80s looks that so many people were used to. And I mean, when you think of Bobby Brown, you think of like classic makeup very very natural so this makes sense to me it says it's a wash of soft focus moisture to perfect and enhance skin it's a light reflecting super product that's as versatile as it is simple and that's the other thing about bobby she likes things to be simple she doesn't want this yeah a little pat pat a little you know zhuzh if you need it but she doesn't want you to spend too much time she wants you to have feel empowered and like everything that i've ever seen i've met her before she's lovely but she's like no nonsense. She doesn't want you spending too much time on your face. She wants you to feel good and look good. But then if it's if it's more than like 10 or 20 minutes, she's like, I'm, I'm done in here, here. I can't do it anymore. Well, I remember when I first got my job on the magazine, I was invited to have a Bobby Brown makeup lesson at the Urban Retreat when it was at Harrods. And that form formulated one of the most important experiences I've ever had in beauty because it was just this is how you sculpt your eye using bone and using this shade in the crease. And this is how you line. And exactly as you say, even though it's what three eyeshadows and a liner and some mascara, and you might think that's quite a lot. It was, this is how you accentuate your eye, Emma. 
not how you get the bobby eye. This is how you get the most out of your face shape, your eye shape. And that's what has always really struck me about the Bobby brand. Yeah, it's not like a paint by numbers thing. It's not mm. like, okay, here on your, br- like everybody's brown bow needs this. It's very, very, um, it's individualized, which I really appreciate. So she says that you can wear this alone or on top of foundation for an instant refresh. I kind of feel like this looks like a blush highlighter hybrid almost. I'm getting Daniel Sandler watercolor blush, but in a solid texture vibes. That's a great comparison. I am, this one swatch that I'm looking at, I'm like, what color is this? It's, I think it's Dusty Rose. I think Dusty, no, no, no. It's the Au Naturel. It's clear. It says it's clear. The swatch is like this very light baby angel pink. Mm. That speaks to me on a cellular level. So I feel like I'm going to pick that up. I'm already in my mind putting that on my eyelids, on my cupid's bow, on the top of my cheekbones. And here's the thing. Um, it, it's it's cool. The website says like pair it with the mascara. Can I say hallelujah? She launched with the mascara. So many brands when they are first launching, they do not include mascara. Mascara is like my hero product. It's like the one product I want to constantly test out and try. This mascara, it says it's inky, ultra pigmented, cruelty-free, it's conditioning, it separates, lifts, and volumizes. I use a little to keep it natural, layer to go bold, and the wand is curved. Hallelujah. We're gonna cup those little lashes and lift them right up. So price point, 20, $30 range between 20 and 30. I'm really eager to try these products, and I, I just have to say, I feel like, again, I, I'm shocked. I'm like, wait, what? She... She, she came out of nowhere with the new beauty brand. Like, I, it's just not what I expected from her. But I'm very, very eager to try the products. So congrats to Bobby Brown. Last thing I want to bring up just real quick is apparently ColourPop is launching a Baby Yoda collection. And if anybody knows me and my heart and <laughs> what I love in life, it's Patrick and my dog and Baby Yoda. Shout out to The Mandalorian coming back this week. But... ColourPop is allegedly coming out with the Baby Yoda collection. I have never received so many DMs in my life. So ColourPop, if you're listening to this, I absolutely need this collection. Please consider sending it to me. I will buy it regardless. Hopefully it doesn't sell out. Who am I kidding? It will. Okay. All right, Emma, are you ready for what's on your face? I am ready for what's on my face. Please tell me one or two products that you're wearing on your face. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to talk about is a foundation. And it's one that I've only recently discovered, but it's the It Cosmetics Your Skin But Better Foundation. Uh, I have a series on IG um, on my IG, which is three out, three in. So it's basically three products I've reviewed and three products I'm about to review. And I haven't got round to this one yet, but I have done so many foundation reviews in lockdown because there just seem to have been so many launches. Foundations, there was a massive slew of them last year, like Shiseido, Kevin O'Quan, Surratt, um, so many at the same time. And now again, we've started seeing more. And the reason I wanted to mention this one is because it's a foundation skincare hybrid. And we're moving into that season uh, in the in the UK, especially where I call it trans, well, I'm sure lots of people do call it trans-seasonal skin, where your skincare might need a little bit of tinkering because your skin may be getting a bit more dehydrated. So actually any kind of extra layer that you can put on is great. And this is essentially pigmented, but it's got a ton of hydration in, which is excellent. But the other reason I wanted to mention it is because I've always been a big fan of the It Cosmetics CC cream. SPF 50, great coverage, great on camera, if that's what you do. Um, and just a really brilliant product. And I think if anyone's seen Jamie do the presentations on QVC where she mm-hmm. covers her rosacea with it, takes it off and then reapplies it and you see that it actually works. It's a phenomenal product. This still has really good coverage. This still feels incredible, but it's packed full with some really lovely skincare ingredients like vitamin E, vitamin B5, ton of hyaluronic acid. So the idea is that over two weeks of wearing it, your skin will be more refined and hyd- as well as hydrated. And I just sort of thought, I've been wearing it for about a week and I just think, yeah, I really like this. I really, really like this. So I wanted to flag it up. And it's one of those, It Cosmetics is one of those brands that is so accessible. I f- and I know it is available on the high street, but it is a considered high street purchase. It's not, we're not talking about under $20 here. We're talking about a little bit more than that. But I feel like it still feels very accessible and just really does the job that it always says it's going to do. I I love it for that. If you guys are not familiar with Jamie Kern Lima, please look her up. 
an incredible woman, also a presenter. She was a news anchor prior to getting into this. She had rosacea and the story behind It Cosmetics is she was like, I can't find anything to help my skin when I'm on camera. Like it just, there's nothing that works. And if it does work, it makes my skin worse. Jamie sold her company for $1.2 billion with a B. She lives next door to Oprah. Google her house. I certainly have. And it just seems like she wants to be a force for good and like help other people with their businesses and stuff. So anyways, I'm a big fan of It Cosmetics. I love a lot of their products. The CC cream is definitely a standout. This new foundation I like as well. I haven't been talking about it, honestly, just because I haven't worn that much foundation in lockdown. And that was the other thing I wanted to say about it is that it's kind of, it's a good lockdown foundation because it is that, it looks great on camera. I mean, I've been wearing mine for eight hours and I think most of it's rubbed off now. So apologies for that. But it um, it is one of those things because it's a skincare hybrid, you're also looking after your skin at the same time and it looks great on a Zoom call. So what's not to love? Exactly. Is there another product you wanted to chat about? Okay, so I can I really do this, which is really out of line of me. And I, I would redirect my, my computer so you could see, but Okay, so you see that the mirrors behind me, that's a wardrobe. That's also my acupressure mat and my kind of part-time yoga studio. That is full, that's my beauty cupboard. And I want to flag up everything right now because one of the things that has brought me so much joy in the last few months is playing and playing with things that I would never normally go near, trying out textures, trying out colors. I just did an Instagram picture where I wore like the blackest purple lipstick you've ever seen. I would never be bold enough to wear it out of the house. But by Jiminy, I loved wearing it around my flat. And I just think, I, I, I mean, I can name a ton of products. Like that particular lipstick was the Maybelline Superstay 24 Hours, the matte ink. Oh my God, the matte ink, it doesn't go anywhere. It took me, I, I used, I used the LMS Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm, which is, to my mind can take off anything. It just dissolves everything immediately. It took two go-rounds with a flannel to get it off my lips. Damn girl, I know. It's like almost like exfoliating your lips when you're trying to get it off. So that's just a that's just a product that I really love. And I have to shout out as well to Mali. Mali Beauty's Bulletproof Liners are without doubt the best eyeliners I've ever used in my entire life. I have not used Mali Beauty in years. Get on it. So they, so she was over here. She was over here last year and she did a collaboration with RuPaul. And I bought the Bulletproof liners from that collection. So there was one called Hey Sis, one called Sequence. I don't know if you watch Drag Race. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, of course. And one called something I can't remember, but it was basically like a reddy brown, a chocolatey brown and a black. And they are, if I use them on my waterline pretty much every day and they do not budge, I've used those, those pencils have barely gone anywhere, but they are the most incredible, incredible formulations. And I love... I've also used some of Mally's palettes. She makes really good makeup. And we had a really horrific heat wave here. Well, by horrific, I mean, we Brits aren't used to the kind of heat that you are. Totally. And I was trying to film and I was sweating profusely. Like I looked like I, looked like I was trying to film beauty videos while suffering with really bad food poisoning. Cause that's, <laughs> I was just sweating so badly. And the only thing that would make me look decent on camera was the face defender. Have you ever used that? I haven't. Oh my goodness. The face defender is you open it up and it's like this solid, almost see-through gel. But when you put your beauty blender in it to apply or a brush, it doesn't give or anything like that. So you think, have I not taken the protective layer off yet? But if you just press that into your face, it mattifies without flattening. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I need this. Now that you bring it up to me, I have, I know what this product is. I have seen it. I actually talked about a product that Becca launched a couple of months ago. Um, it was like that invisible primer type of thing. Like, like it's a, it, they, they don't call it a primer. They call it, uh, I can't remember, like zero pigment foundation. Yes. Yes. Zero pigment foundation. We had a whole thing about this. I was like, guys, this is not a foundation. Like if it had some kind of color correcting something in it, maybe it, it's a primer essentially. I liked it. I actually liked it because at the time I wasn't wearing that much foundation. I felt that it still had gave my skin a luminescence without it being super shiny, but it wasn't so matte that I just looked flat. And when I talked about it, I had so many listeners DM me and say, but have you tried Mally's product? Because I feel like this might be similar. And I was like, no, I haven't. 
So this kind of sounds like Mally's is like the OG. So the zero pigment, I had a big issue with the zero pigment foundation and I ended up redacting it because I put it on and I watched all the tutorials. I watched a ton of them on YouTube. I looked at the um, Becca website and I looked at the before and afters. If you're 20 years old, it's a great product. What they show you is what you can achieve, but it's not the experience that I had. And I was a bit irritated. Okay. I was like, well, don't call it a foundation. Yeah, Let's yeah. Let's not do this to people. Totally. However, I then spoke to a few other friends here in the UK, makeup artists who'd used it, and they said that they definitely saw a lifting effect. So I was like, <gasps> okay, I'm going to give it another round. Still didn't see anything. But what I did notice, and the reason why I redacted my original review, was because... As a primer, I think it's sensational. You put a product on top of that, I think something magical happens. Mm. Bally's Face Defender, you you blot on top. Marketing-wise, I was not thrilled. And we talked about this on that episode when I recommended the product. But like marketing-wise, I was like, come on, guys. This isn't a foundation. I do love it under makeup. And I do love it alone. I think like it's definitely not covering. I have melasma. I would know if it was going to cover anything. <laughs> So it didn't, it doesn't do that. I do think foundation is misleading, but I don't, I also think maybe they were like, again, talking about foundation launches, like last year, probably when they're coming up with this, with this marketing campaign, they're like, well, we can't call it a primer. Like maybe people are not into primers. It's like, no, actually because of everything that's happened, people are loving primers right now. Very interesting. I love those products and I, I'm going to try Mally now. I'm definitely going to get online and order a few things because I haven't used her products in years. Can I ask you a question as well about that Becca? Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you do what I did, which was, did you get so frustrated that you actually tried to put yourself into the the uh, brainstorming meeting. Because that's what I did. I was like, I can't, like, this is an Estee Lauder own brand. I cannot believe that they got in a boardroom and came up with this. Like, where was the voice of reason? Sarah and I talked about this. We were like, what were they, like, what was, and I do that anyways. I'm always like, what was the angle here? Like, what were they trying? I literally just did it with you. I'm like, well, maybe they were thinking that there's too many primers and foundation's going to be the hit thing. And we want it to be universal for everyone. And I also think the product that they launched, that's like the, it was like a lip gloss or like a highlighter. They didn't call it that either. I can't remember. They called it like a balm or something. I can't remember what they called it, but it was also not marketed the way I thought it should have been marketed. And I think that the discourse around it being a foundation kind of took away from like how much I actually really liked the product because I think it's a great product. But I think that the, and, and that's something I would say to brands too, if any, you know, yeah, people working for brands are listening, don't try to like dupe people into buying something just because you think they'll gravitate more towards it. Like if it's a good product, the people will come. That's what really perplexed me about this because I just think you're setting people up to be disappointed in your innovation. And actually that's packed with hyaluronic acid. It's got those cooling spheres as soon as you apply it. So it actually feels really incredible on the skin. So if they had called it a cooling face base, I would have bought it. Yeah. Um, huh. You should you should consult for a living, Emma. <laughs> Weird. No, but if you fit like a summer product, a, a cooling face base or a cooling face primer or something like that, I wouldn't have then been disappointed. And I think why all of the YouTube reviews, why you and I have both had a similar reaction is because you told us it was going to be something and it wasn't. We bit into the donut and it was not a donut. It was, I don't know, <laughs> a hamburger. <laughs> um, Emma, I'm actually not, y'all, this is the first. You killed it with what's on your face. I'm not even going to do mine. I don't think we need my recommendation this week. I'll push it. Next time, people. Emma, you're incredible. Oh, you are. Thank you so much. I just have an inkling that this is going to be people's, one of people's favorite episodes. Thank you for taking an hour out of your day to sit here and talk with me via Zoom. I hope and pray whenever this pandemic gets under control, we can all be happy and healthy. And then we can meet IRL. And you can meet Sarah too. Sarah sends her best. Oh, say hi from me. I'm a big fan. I think you're awesome. And I'm so, so glad to be on Los Angeles. And trust me, as soon as I can travel again, I'm coming to LA because I'm going to, it's the double whammy. I'm going to come and see you. I'm going to see Lindsay Kelk. It's a triple <gasps> yes! whammy because I'm going to see Kate Somerville. I'm just yes! going to 
I've, in Kate Somerville, I podcasted with her recently and she was like, come stay with me. And in the background, I could see her pool. And I was like, you don't have to ask me twice. Yes. Uh, please take me in Kate Somerville. Emma, where can everybody find you? So on Instagram, I am at Emma Guns. If you go to your preferred podcast platform, just type in the Emma Guns show or um, where else can you find me? EmmaGuns.com. Um, not emmagunnawardner.com, although that is a valid <laughs> URL. Emmaguns.com is much easier. I'm Emma Guns on Twitter. And then there's also the Facebook forum, the Emma Gun Show, colon, the forum is also available. And we'd love to see you there. The forum. I'm going to join. Y'all, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Los Angeles. If you love our podcast, please consider hopping on Apple Podcasts, rating us five stars and leaving a review we love reading your reviews you can also find us on social on instagram and twitter at gloss angeles pod and on facebook search gloss angeles and join our facebook group and we'll talk to you on friday bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 